Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your still relatively relaxed host, Christiana. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing amazing today. It is a great day to be a baseball fan. July 1st, you already know what today is, what today represents if you're a baseball fan and if you love the intricacies of the game and the loopholes and uh, the crazy stuff that happens to teams. It is Bobby Bonilla Day today. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, Chris. Yeah, uh, a happy day. You know, when I think of July holidays, it's Bobby Bonilla Day and then it's 4th of July. That's that's what I, I think was to say specifically like early July holidays like it's Bobby Bonilla Day and then there's the other stuff. Yeah, it's it everything just kind of pales in comparison. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful day. It's a uh, just wonderful mistake that happened in the baseball world. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, two decades ago now, but uh, still still uh, still plaguing the Mets. Absolutely. And I mean, we got, what, another 14 years to go? Uh, we're not stopping anytime soon. We're like almost halfway through the whole thing because it started in 2011. We're now in 2021. So this is the 11th season that they'll be doing this. Uh, and we got 14 more to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane how, how many years this is going to be going on. I mean, you know, we'll be in our mid-30s when this is over, which is crazy to think about. Scary. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll probably know, like, you know, I, I, I need to be very far advanced in my life uh, by the time Bobby Bonilla Day ends. Like, I need to have yeah. goals by the time uh, Bobby Bonilla Yeah, Day I was going to say, like, I might be, when it, when it ends, like, I could be telling my kids about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> granted, hopefully, you know, they might not, they might not be old enough to understand, but, you know, I might be like, see, listen, listen, son or daughter, today... Today's the final day of, of the end of a, of a true era. July 1st will never be the same again after today. All right, kids. Today we're going to learn about deferred <laughs> Ponzi <contracts>. schemes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a man by the name of Bernie Madoff. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Just yep. story, time, <laughs> story time about financials <laughs> with, with small children. That's yeah. amazing. Man, it was only supposed to be $100,000, but the Mets decided to kick the can down the road because they didn't want to pay it now. And it turned into a million dollars every year for 25 years. Uh, but, you know, what people always talk, what people forget to talk about is that with the money that the Mets spent to not pay Bobby Bonilla back then, they used that money to sign Mike Hampton. And Mike Hampton was the uh, NLCS MVP in the year 2000, the year the Mets went to the World Series. But they lost that World Series, and Mike Hanton went to Colorado after that. And you see, you see, kids, when when you when you lose players like that to free agency, you get you get compensation draft picks. 
you know the the these magical things where a player leaves you get a you get a compensated first round pick and you know who the Mets took with their with their pick for Mike Canton they took David Wright he was a good baseball player so you know what people forget it was actually kind of good for the Mets in a way but we still love to make fun of them even though like the, the whole thing could be the reason why they even got David Wright to begin with yeah yeah it's just, and they're yeah, like story time with Daniel I mean I mean it would be good to tell a kid because you know some some stories just end up having happy endings and this one this one kind of had a happy yeah. ending I mean yeah. people like to ignore the happy ending like I feel like most baseball fans aren't aware of that but that is right. true yeah it, it all it all kind of worked out in the end I mean it's worth the uh, million dollars a year or one what is it 1.9 million? I think it could no, I don't it's like one point one nine three, I think, but it goes okay. up every single year. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little yeah, it's, it's, it's worth a little over a million to have, you know, David Wright's career just there for the Mets. It's 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 like they're still paying David Wright. If you if you if you just think about it through that lens, even though it's not true at all. Mm-hmm. Cause like okay. There are other there are many other deferred deferred contracts in baseball and Mets fans who like to bring it up. It's like, well, like uh, you know, the this team is like the Red Sox are still playing Manny Ramirez today, and they're doing that for another six years. Like that, the, the Mariners are paying Ichiro today. The the Reds are paying Ken Griffey Jr. today. It's like, yeah, but the the, the thing here is that a those players were good. Like, but yeah. like, like you know, how how many Mariner fans are complaining that they're still paying Ichiro through whatever year? Probably yeah, not I- many. Probably ma- think... many of them don't know, and they'll be like, you know what? It's Ichiro. He deserves it. Same thing with the Red Sox and Mandy. Same thing with the Reds and Griffey in the examples that I just mentioned. Bobby Bonilla had a 49 OPS plus for the tenure that the Mets are paying him for. He was awful. Yeah, and he was never... Uh, second of all, it's it's the, the way it all happened. It's the way it all happened. Like It's how it was supposed to be a small amount of money, and then with interest, it became this large amount of money that's extrapolated over 25 years. Uh, and you know, it's all, this is the, this is the deferred payment day. It's the day that all these payments are made, but it's become Bobby Bonilla day because of, uh, because of how that all happened. Right. Yeah. And like, it was not supposed to happen this way. He was not supposed to get this much money. And I feel like maybe, uh, maybe this could become a thing with Chris Davis. Cause I know Chris Davis, uh, with a C has a, uh, de- has a deferred payment, but I don't think he's going to get. 10 times as much as he was supposed to uh you know no i don't think that's gonna be a thing. If, i mean that'd be a huge problem because he's already supposed to get a lot yeah i think he get he's probably gonna get like at least three million dollars a year in deferred payments so if you multiply that by 10 it would be 30 million dollars a year i don't think that's gonna be that'd be oh, imagine if the orioles had to do that oh my they're God. paying him pujols money when he was actually 46 <laughs> yeah yeah and like at a league that'd, be, that'd be bad 10 years yeah he wouldn't want to do that but uh yeah a a happy a happy bobby uh, bobby bonilla day we got you know like what 15 more in store absolutely yeah so yeah well there's yeah it's 15 more including today Today, I mean, it's very weird because like we just celebrate this holiday just by acknowledging it. It's not like it's not like there's like a TV broadcast of like Steve Cohen signing the check. It's just like, yeah, it's happening somewhere out there today, but we're all celebrating even though none of us can actually see it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's just yeah. 
it's just a fun topic. I think topic I think that would do really well. I think someone should someone should do that. Imagine if like Steve Cohen like just had a, he just like, they just held a press conference. They just brought Bobby back every year. They're like Bobby, congratulations on another year. <laughs> yeah. They did like a like a Twitter or Facebook live. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think yeah. I wonder what Bobby Bonilla just does in life. I, I mean, I mean, he he doesn't have to. He has no worries. He well, actually, he might have worries. I, I shouldn't say that, but you know, he's set financially. Yeah, he doesn't have any, any yeah, any financial worry unless he blows all that all those million dollars. But then he can wait. How a old year. is he? How old is Bobby Bonilla? I would guess he's like in his mid to late fifties. Uh, Probably. I would imagine 58 years. Yeah. 58 years old. It is very funny that like he was a great, a great player in like the early nineties. You know, he also was 2000 career hits, but like people are just like, he's the guy who gets paid on July 1st. Right. Right. Like had a, was a good combo with Barry Bonds. I'm pretty sure. And with the pirates. Yeah. Yeah. And then early nineties pirates, like they were, I think he's finished second in like an MVP vote. One of those years when Barry won it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a People shame. Yeah, he was good at baseball. Kind of a shame, but you know he does get a million dollars a year uh, to do nothing. Yeah. Um, at least, I, for, mean, at least I would, for I would have the reputation shifted. Oh, he also won a World Series with the Marlins in '97. He was a six-time All-Star, a three-time Silver Slugger, had a career 8.29 OPS for an 8.24 OPS plus. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. I had 287 career home runs, 200, 2,010 hits, exactly 1,000 behind Wade Boggs. Yeah, he finished second in the MVP vote in 1990 and third in 1991. Of course, 1991 was the year where Terry Pendleton absolutely robbed Barry Bonds. Yeah. I, yeah. I will never, like, I was I was about nine years away from being born. I will still never get over that as if I witnessed it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that was I'm... an absolute highway robbery. There's many uh, M- MVP votes I'm upset about from, wow. like you know the 30s and 40s, you know I think. Lou Gehrig should have won it. he played 60 games. Uh, Go ahead. Lou Gehrig should have won it in 1934, but they gave it to a Tiger because they went to the pennant. And Ted Williams should have won like two or three more, and then of course Willie Mays should have won two or three more. Yeah. Willie Mays only won two, and that's like a crime. Exactly, exactly. That's that's not okay. Um, Bobby Bonilla played sixty games for the Mets in nineteen ninety nine. Do you want to guess what his B WAR was in those sixty games? Oh, his B WAR. I'm gonna guess negative one point zero. Negative one point four. Oh my god, not good. In a sixty game span, yeah. Yeah, not that's, good whatsoever. That was, it's pretty. That's that probably would have been last in the league in, in 2020. Yeah, yeah, that would absolutely. Have been, he would have been a slightly alarming. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that is that is tough. He was uh, 19 for 119 on the air. Jeez. He had Jeez. a good walk rate though. His. Uh, his batting average to OBP ratio was uh, 160 to 277. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Good job, Bobby. You did it. You had a good year. You, you walked a lot. Yeah. 
actually... you would have been a, you would have been a slightly alarming and a Carlos Santana of the month award. <laughs> exactly. I was about to say that's of the, uh, of, the of the sixty game span. That's a precursor to uh, the award that will be given out uh, today for uh, the Car- is... Carlos Santana of the month award. Yeah, it is. Um. All right. Well. Uh, you know, off of that subject, there's actually a, a pretty, pretty tough subject to talk about as, uh, tr- uh, you know, on Tuesday, I believe, uh, TMZ Sports came out, came out with a story that uh, Trevor Bauer is, you know, has a sexual assault uh, allegation on Wednesday, The Athletic uh, revealed details um from the uh victims the alleged victims uh perspective um you know from my point of view looked uh pretty pretty bad it's hard to see kind of the holes but uh you know it was a very very bad uh very bad story for you know baseball in general and uh you know just the dodgers and you know, especially, you know, Trevor Bauer and the the alleged victim is very, very bad. Yeah, this this is ugly. This is really, really ugly. You know, we talked about Marcelo Zuna and how, uh, you know, the police witnessed his event. And now that's pretty much a done deal. Uh, there is if you read the, the the article in The Athletic, like there's kind of a similar thing with with Bauer where he admitted uh, on a phone call that was recorded by the police that he was hitting the victim while she was unconscious. Uh, that by itself is pretty much enough to tell you that he's guilty. And that's not even getting into the other 90% of the story. Um, so this is, this is such a bad look for baseball. You know, this is a guy that has made himself, I mean, not that I wouldn't say that baseball made him the face of the league. He kind of did it to himself by, you know, starting his, his media company and doing all that. But I mean, this is going to affect, uh, a lot of this is going to affect a lot of the baseball world going forward you know like this is kind of shifting the story on him from the sticky stuff to this and this is much worse um as far as one thing i was thinking about as far as like potential punishments like you know we re- we this weekend saw jared porter have his uh his time on the in- ineligible list stretch until the end of 2022 and i believe mickey calloway is on in the same boat uh, what Bauer did is a million times worse than what those guys did. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, if, right. And he had that, uh, had that phone call. So it's hard to, you know, go, go against the narrative there. And, uh, yeah. And it, I think it, it definitely affects the baseball world because a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of young people, in the game really looked up to him because of what he was doing in media and man that it it changes so much it it really does you can't really express um what what is going to change from this 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 is this should be career ending like it really doesn't seem that far-fetched that this could be straight up the end of trevor bauer's career right Uh, yeah like it also, it also is going to greatly affect Rachel Luba as well. Like she's probably not going to, like she's probably going to have a hard time finding clients if, you know, if Bauer and Puig too are both alleged 
you know, assaulters. Uh, like this is, this is just like there's nothing good about this. Like I don't, I don't like talking about stories like this, but you know, it happened, and you know, like the only, the only real evidence, if you can even call it that, that's been presented with with Bowers camp is that he, she consented and we have these text messages and, and all this all this stuff prior to the event but like there's so still so many holes in that because obviously consent is something that can be withdrawn within the act and that's what it appears to have been uh in the athletic report but uh, mm-hmm. i don't see i don't know why like i don't really see why bauer should get away from this unscathed yeah you know even if there's you know a uh you know, a trial and his name somehow is able to get cleared. Um, even just based on allegations, you can never really look at someone like this the same, uh, real, you know, ever again. And Bauer had a negative reputation before that with a lot of people. And I, I understand that. Like, I really do. Cause you know, he's said some very suggestive things in the past. Uh, this is, I mean, but you know, as we all know, like actions are, they speak louder than words and you know now we have actions to go with words uh so this is you know like no one's gonna look at him the same way ever again there's still gonna be the the people aimlessly defending him and that's whatever it's the internet there's stupid people everywhere but um i i just don't i mean i can't picture like especially the dodgers have they've been for the most part kind of proactive with stuff like this um so i don't know i don't know like what they're gonna do because he's scheduled to start on sunday and that there's no way the daughters in their right mind could throw bauer out there under these circumstances yeah like and i don't i don't even know if bauer would want to go out there i mean uh like even if it's at his home stadium he's going to get ripped apart by it's not it's not where is it at washington yeah like he'll just He'll get ripped apart. It's Washington. It. It's it's Washington. It's Nationals Park, July fourth, DC, eleven a.m. game. Like people are going to be going to that, uh, and you know everyone's going to know. Like there's no way. Like I mean, you know, Bauer's obviously been silent on social media, which you have to be. There's no way you can just like be like so like the sticky stuff, right? Like crazy, right? Like you can't be doing that, obviously. Um, but I mean, I don't really know what else to say other than like this should be. I mean, I will say uh, there is a hearing uh, that Bowers Camp will be participating in on July 23rd. Um, other than that, like I just don't see why. I don't see how this ends up being. I don't see how Trevor Bauer ends up getting away with this, and I don't see how he gets like a premier job in the big leagues again. Honestly, like I really do. I mean, the only thing that ha- the only thing that makes me hesitate is that his team also still employs Julio Arias who has had trouble of his own as well um but mm-hmm. you know this is obviously a much more public figure it's someone who you know you know everyone's like more I'm sure more people are aware of Bowers doing it's like most like a lot of baseball fans might not even be aware that Julio Arias had domestic abuse charges uh, a couple years ago now but Bowers you know obviously he's a much more public figure and this is going to be much more well known and it's not even getting into that like obviously his victim like imagine being the victim and seeing the guy who you know who did those things to you like you know on a big league mound like that's i can't imagine yeah 
it it would be hard not to uh not to say something and she and she did after about you know six weeks uh it you know spoke out uh you know good for good for her in doing that i know it probably takes uh probably takes courage to do that but especially against like a public figure too yeah exactly exactly and i think she's chose i think she's still uh anonymous um yeah by the way did you see that uh like when the bauer like his lawyers like released a statement they actually like put her name in the statement and then everyone else was like yeah no we're, we gotta we gotta take that out oh yeah no i didn't know yeah that. Like if you look at the if you look at the I mean I know Passon tweeted the the statement I think TMZ did as well and every time like it said her name it said the woman but apparently like in the actual report they straight up listed the person's name and they were both they were like well we're just we can't show that like there's no way yeah 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 it's hard it's hard to put that out in the in the media especially when it's that's against... that's one of that's. I mean, obviously, this is, there's there's so much that is messed up about all this, but that's like, that's also extremely messed up, and it's not really looked at as much because of everything else. Like everything, everything about this sucks. Like what Bauer did is extremely, extremely messed up. Uh, but that's also like, like for his camp to do that is very bad as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the, uh, what kind of the whatever unwritten rules are in like law. But um, I don't know. It's, that did, that did seem very interesting as you point that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's kind of all we have to talk about it. We, we definitely we had to address it. We never we never like talking about these types of stories. You know, we we just want to talk about stats and who's doing well in the last three weeks, who's doing poorly in the last month. But you know, these this is the biggest story in baseball going on right now, and uh, you know it. It would be foolish of us not to address it, and um, you know we we did an okay job of of uh, staving away from the bad te- details and uh, talking about it. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the last thing I'll say is, um, if you would like to read the story, it's on the Athletic. But if you don't want to go to the paywall, uh, I know several like Twitter users have put out like a Google Doc of the Athletic story. So that people who want, because like a story like that, it is very weird that a story like that is behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, like the writers. I, I don't know. Like I feel like should at least put like screenshotted paragraphs like on their social media. Like, Let me. I want. Okay. Uh, Twitter user uh, Voldemir at V L O D Y M E E R. Uh, put out a Google Doc of the entirety of the Bauer article if you don't want to pay for the athletic because, I mean, I, I like Brittany Droli and Katie Strang are the the people who wrote it. I know it's not their fault, but like I don't know stories like like select stories like that should be free to read. Like there's no way, like yeah. it is very weird that they are profiting off of a story like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is extremely weird because it's not like an analysis piece. It's a it's something that is pro- that might be like used in court. Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty brutal stuff. Um, so yeah, if you want to read that, uh, go ahead and go to Vladimir's Twitter. Um, but 
on to uh, onto brighter things. Uh, today at 2 p.m., Phase 2 All-Star voting comes to a close. Uh, we did our Phase 1 All-Star voting a few weeks back. Uh, I would imagine our opinions differ a little bit from when they did three weeks, you know, three, four weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's definitely some that uh, are staying right there. Like there's some really obvious ones to, to pick, but then there are some, there are some tight races that you can actually have a, a good discussion about that. You know, I particularly did a little bit of research on uh, myself, maybe not, uh, maybe not like in the past 24 hours, but you know, past seven days uh, kind of looking yeah kind of stuff but um you know we'll we'll get into those races uh addressing kind of the phase two phase two balloting i think i already voted today so i just i know uh i still i have not voted at all which is pretty sad but i yeah Uh, by the way one thing that i noticed is uh so chris bryant is one of the finalists for for national league third base he's logged like many more innings in the outfield this year than at third base. Yeah, that's alarming. Which is kind of stupid that they're letting that they're letting him get away with that. Um yeah, let me find it. Let me find exactly like how many uh games I guess. Would it yeah, be in standard fielding? I think Yeah, so. it would be standard fielding. And outfield is all like one. Yeah, I I voted in phase one a good amount because I wanted uh because Cedric Mullins wasn't in the top nine and I needed to see Mullins in the top nine, which is so stupid. But he uh, he yeah. is now, so he's in he's in the phase two voting. Luckily, he barely he barely scraped in. Yeah, he did. Um, well, so you... uh, I guess we'll start with what uh, AL first base. Yeah. Uh, okay. Actually, anyway, next, because we all yeah. know, and there's there was a, I mean, come on. Um. Yeah. The guy at first base. Yeah. I think he. Uh, he. I'm going with the guy who uh, I think his dad. His dad played and he. His dad played baseball like a few. Yeah. Years. His dad like he played for the Orioles in 2011. Oh yeah. Oh, he made it to big leagues. Yeah, he did. Yeah, wow. he made. You know, he didn't make it to the. Yeah. You know, yeah, obviously but... not a not a great team to play on, but yeah, he played for the Orioles in uh in 2011, which is yeah, pretty he, cool. He just missed that. He got um... to play with like you know uh, Adam Jones, Nate McClouth. Yes. Yeah, he played he played with some guys. Bud Norris. Yeah. I think. Uh, anyway, but um, his son is doing all right, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's a. Uh, I think that's a good pick for first base in the American League. I would say uh, so. National League, I think I'm still going with Muncie. I am too, but uh, Freeman is winning it right now. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, it kind of fine because he has been bad up to death this year. I think his bad up is at like a career low outside of 2010, where he had 20, where he played 20 games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and his I think his ex woba is significantly higher than his woba. Um, yeah. So that uh, screams bad luck. And, but also, I mean, Muncy's been doing amazing. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think Braves fans just uh, came out for that. And Freeman's generally a popular guy. No one, no one dislikes Freddie Freeman. Yeah. 
But so, I mean, I think Muncie should start. Yeah, he's got a. I think as of last night, he had a 973 OPS. And yep. Whatever, whatever time he missed on the IL, it was only like nine or ten games, maybe. So I'm not gonna put that against him, at all. You can. Um, so all right, um, AL second base. I think I'm still going with uh, Marcus Simeon. I am as well. Yeah, because his his OPS is pretty similar to Altuve, and this is from like uh, a week ago. I was looking at him versus Altuve. He his defense is very similar, at least on Statcast, but. And his base running is better. His base running is better. That's kind of the mm-hmm. the difference maker for Simeon. So, uh, yeah, I'm still voting for him. Uh, NL second base is probably the first inter- interesting race we can get into. Uh, uh, who do you least, have? Um, I think I picked Frazier just because of, like, I did park, as well. park factor. <laughs> I did like, as well, yeah. It's weird um, to say that. Yeah, I think Albies, Albies had two home runs last night, and Frazier still has a higher uh, weighted runs created plus by, like, I think, how many points is it? I think it's, like, 12 points, something like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a look at the National League second base rankings. But I kind of flip back and forth, generally speaking, uh, on this race, although I've I've gone Frazier consistently because I thought he deserved more recognition. Uh, Frazier's got uh, a weighted runs weighted runs created plus twelve twelve points higher than Albie's. Look at that. Albie's has the higher F WAR, um, but it's but only by point one, right? Only by point only by point one. Um, yeah, it's two point six or two point five. What else? Uh, I know on Statcast, Albies and Frazier have similar defense, but uh, Albies's base running is a little better. So I I can honestly go either way. But last night I picked Frazier. Um, I I wouldn't get mad if you picked either one. If you picked, I don't even know what's the third option. Uh, uh Gavin Lux. Yeah, I would get and mad no. if you picked Gavin Lux. Sub seven hundred OPS. No, 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 no. Yeah, so um, is good. AL third base is where I have my first uh, changed opinion since since the first time we did this. Uh, initially, I picked Yohan Moncada over Marcus or over Rafael Devers, but uh, they've been training in different directions lately, and uh, I am now picking Rafael Devers as my American League third baseman. Oh yeah, yeah. Devers has just stayed. Stayed as good as he's been. We we did catch Mancada at his hottest uh, when phase mm-hmm. one, when the phase one voting came out, and like we both agreed, yeah, this this guy's the guy. I I think I was leaning a little more Devers at that point, but I still picked Mancada, and then Devers is just I think Devers's numbers are better than they were uh, three weeks ago, which is hard to do considering the kind of offense yep. production he has. Uh, Devers uh, leads all third basemen in wins above replacement, F4 at least, uh, this season. By the way, Jose Ramirez absolutely snubbed from this. Absolutely oh snubbed. I'm starting to yeah. think he might be one of the more... I'm, I'm starting to think he's like top I hope three he, I hope he makes it as a reserve. By the way, by the way, um, did you see... I told you this, but like Major League Baseball, in the most Major League Baseball fashion I've ever seen... They are, they are doing like an ESPN show where they reveal the all-star like reserve players... On July fourth at five thirty p.m. 
because surely surely nobody has plans right at, at 5 30 on july 4th yeah usually generally people are just you know at home watching espn at 5 30 on july 4th why, why do they do this every single time like every single year there's a story of like they did they picked a stupid time to put on this like obviously last year they put on the gold glove show like during the election like while the results were coming in as if people were going to watch that right <laughs> yeah that was mind-blowing and now you have now you have july 4th like why why can't it just be the next day like why does it have to be july 4th or why can't it just be or why can't it even be earlier in the day like if you do it at noon like i think you'll get a little bit more attention because you know people's plans might not have started yet but like why does it have to be 5:30 on a sunday yeah I, mean, I guess on july 4th sunday like as if people are going to watch that yeah i don't know i mean luckily it's the all-star reserves first of all i don't really know why they're doing a show for all-star reserves i mean it, you know it's, it's i don't really care like you know i mean it is like it is an accomplishment. We always talk about marketing the players, and that is a way to do so. So I don't really care about them doing it, even if it does seem a little weird. But, like, if you're going to do it, why do it then? Yeah, it was probably just the most... ESP, like, they were probably calling up ESPN. And they were like, what times do you have available for our uh, for our thing? And he was like... They were like... Uh, they did. They just left out the date. They were like, uh, Sunday at 5.30... Yeah, yeah, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds about that sounds about right. You know, Sunday are, games will be ending. You're wide you know, open. <laughs> we'll be transitioning into a Sunday night baseball. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, it's July fourth. Oh shoot. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. People are gonna have plans. I'll tell people I to don't, DVR I, it. I can't believe Major League Baseball still still does this, but you know what? It is what it is, and uh, yeah. Yeah, they just they just keep on keeping on. They just keep on making mistakes like this um yeah <laughs> that was it's just hilarious they they never disappoint they never disappoint yeah. in disappointing that's what uh that's what i'll mm -hmm. say um yeah so devers al third baseman nl third baseman i think has changed also i think nolan arenado yeah Ooh, you think nolan yes i think justin turner yeah, I mean, uh, Justin, Justin Turner is a higher OBP. He is a higher OPS. He has a higher weighted runs created plus. Uh, he has a higher offensive runs above average, and he's only 0.1 below an F4. Uh, he has a higher walk rate. Um, yeah, I would pick Justin Turner. Um, I'm look. I'm gonna look at the updated uh, stats because, I mean, maybe one of them had a good day yesterday and one of them had a bad day. Uh, let's look. Let's look. Um, I want to look at OPS. Strictly OPS. Uh, here have to go to advanced here. Um, so uh, Arenado, Turner has an eight forty nine, and Arenado was an eight thirty four. Eight thirty three, according to Fangraphs. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's weird to look at defense for this stuff, but I mean, I like to do it as analytically as I can. Uh, yeah. We're going to look at Turner, what he does in the field. Oh, I typed in Turner. There's way too many Turners. That's that's tough. Just, Justin Turner. 
All right, we're going to take a look at Justin Turner's fielding on the old baseball savant machine. <laughs> See what he's doing. You are really going deep for this. I mean, you know, I like to have valid reasons for why I make my selections. All right, Turner's at negative one for outs above average. Uh, Arenado. There's no other Arenados except for, I think, one minor leaguer. Um, Arenado fielding as we take a look here at baseball's lot. Oh, wow, zero outs above average this year. What is going on? Boom, what's going on? With Come on, Chris, jo join the movement, join the right. Turner train. I I'm gonna, I'll say, uh, I'll say Turner. Yeah, let's go. I voted, I voted for Arenado last night, but I, I changed my opinion. I just yep. automatically assumed that's what happens when you assume, but yeah, you know, you don't, that's, that's hey. another saying, but you know, Arenado, yep. I assumed he was playing gold glove defense this year and he's not really, he really must is be, not must be no. the altitude, you know, they always yeah. blame offense for it, but in reality, it's just your defense uh, now, but yeah, that surprises me. Nolan Arenado has zero outs above average this year. That's weird. That's right. weird. He better yeah. not get Gold Glove again. Then I hope he doesn't. I don't know who yeah. el who else is unless viable. unless he has a second half surge. Yeah. That's the only way. Yeah. Um. I don't know who the other good National League defensive third basemen are. Most of them are in the American League. Like yeah. good good defensive third baseman, Chapman or Shella Bregman. But yeah. Uh. Can't think of anybody right now, but uh, shortstop, American League shortstop, definitely Bogarts. Xander Bogarts, yeah, and then National League is Tatis. That one's not too difficult. Those are both pretty easy. Yeah, uh, not much explanation Catcher. there. Catcher, Catcher, join the movement. Join the movement. You already know. You already know what we're doing for Catcher. For American League. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, Come on, Chris. Oh, what the Carlos Santana month of the month of the Carlos Santana of the month award winner? Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I hate to be a a party pooper, but I actually voted. No, for no, no, Salvador no, 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 Chris, you're not Perez. about to do it. No, you are absolutely not going to vote for Salvador Perez. Absolutely yes. not. Yeah, he's played. No, he's played 19 more games. I looked at the caught stealing percentage comparatively as catchers. I mean, he's not the best framer, but uh, Yasmani Grandal had like kind of average framing. Salvador Perez's was bad. And Perez had better caught stealing. And they're all Grandal? Grandal? Okay, so you mentioned... Hold on, hold on. You mentioned that Perez has played 19 more games, right? Perez yeah. has a 1.6 F4 and Grandal has a 2.0. Yeah, I don't trust. In don't 19 less games, he has four. He has 0. 0.4 more F4. Uh, he also has a 391 on base compared to Salvi's 310. He is a uh, he has a better OPS. He has a better weighted runs created plus. Uh, he has a 25% walk rate. He walks at the same rate that he strikes out. He has he has a 180 BABIP. Like he has had an absolute miracle of a season that you're never going to see again, Chris. We need to see Yasmani Grandal in the All Star game. 
Um, Salvador Perez is a 2.5% walk rate. Uh, so, doesn't he still have his money? Grandal walks almost thirteen, almost thirteen times more than Perez. Grandal is the higher OPS with a one eighty six batting average. This is the this is the batting average doesn't matter train. Yes, Monty Grandal. If you vote for Salvador Perez, you're voting for batting average. That's just a fact. Your Grandal has an eight thirty nine OPS. Perez has an eight twenty four OPS. Yeah, um, Chris, you're voting for Yasmani Grandal. Well, I yeah, voted. Yeah. Yep. I voted for Salvi last night. I don't know if I can. Well, you're gonna vote for Grandal today. Um, I'm looking for the. Uh... He had two home runs last night. But I mean, offensively, he is, he I will is take... point four higher F4 and. Offensively, I will take an 824 OPS in 79 games over an 8, what 39 in 59 games. Offensively, I. Will... It's not a matter of no sixty games, but uh, yeah, uh, offensively, uh, I mean, all around, you would take you would take a two point f four in sixty games over a one point six in seventy nine games. That's just common sense. Yeah, I mean, I his weighted know. runs created plus is eighteen points higher. I don't know what fan his defensive is. runs above average is four and a half. I don't know where they're getting that. Uh, defensive Chris I will not I will not let you go I will not move on until you vote for Yasmani Grandal um I, I mean I wish I could Chris you're gonna vote for Yasmani Grandal I wish I could find you're gonna a do it. reason you're gonna do it uh, to do this I mean I mean like he's giving you gotta up. do it Chris I mean, join the movement I know it's not always on the pitcher or not always on the catcher sometimes it's on the pitcher but he's given up uh he's given up eight more stolen bases than Salvador Perez. I don't know where they're getting these offensive metrics from. So, yeah, Salvador Perez uh, is my American League catcher for the 2021. You just game. vote for Perez. A vote for Perez is a vote for batting average. It's not. It's not. It is. It really is. I look at the whole picture. You've you've seen me. You see. I look at how look at how deep I'm I'm going into this, Daniel. Uh, what do you think about? I, I'm a... not just look. I'm I'm not just looking at F4. I'm like, where are they getting these defensive metrics from? I have no. There's no other thing that's telling me that Yasmani Grandal is this much better on defense than Salvador Perez. That's fine. That's fine. I'm looking at a 25% walk rate. He walks once every four plate appearances. I I like. And walks, he has 14 home I mean, runs and a difference? 180 BABIP. What's the difference in on base percentage here? Generally speaking, you know, if you if you walk twenty five percent of the time, but have a two fifty on base percentage, eighty one points. Eighty one points. He his on base percentage is that much higher. Higher, yes, three ten to three ninety one. But you know, the slugging is is uh, a big advantage on Perez's side, also. That's because that's because Grandal is a one eighty BABIP to compared to Salvi's three thirty BABIP. I'm not really looking at uh, peripherals, unfortunately, for for uh, all this but i mean be. i will you i'll know, take a guy who produces more wins for my team in significantly less games i'll say that you know grandal he might be you know if his luck uh turns over and he ends up you know he should you know by math should have like a 400 babbit from now on he might be my all mlb pick if if well at least if posey <laughs> slows down because posey's having a great year on the net in the national league but 
I'm sorry, I cannot I cannot go that direction. You're not joining you're not joining the miracle slash line movement. I'm sorry. That's it, a shame. I'm I, I apologize, but No, 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 that's not okay. 186, 391, 448, 839. You're just gonna turn that down. That's an absolute miracle of a slash line. Yeah, I mean I, I hate to do it, but I I'm I'm going with uh going with Salvador Perez. That's that's just sick. <sighs> Anyway, National League, National League catcher Buster Posey. It's pretty Buster easy. Buster Posey. Uh, American League outfield is, has always been interesting because the best uh, the best players are injured. <laughs> Byron Buxton and Mike Trout yep. are injured. Well, didn't Buxton come back? Yeah, he Am I came wrong? back. I'm pretty sure Buxton came back. Yeah. So and I'll it, vote I think Buxton. He's still doing pretty well. I'll vote Mullins. Uh. I mean, I know Trout is not coming back because I'm pretty sure there's no timetable on his return now. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're correct about that. Um, I, I was looking at this last night, uh, voting yeah. for you know participating in our democracy, of course. Uh, and uh, Adolis Garcia's defensive numbers actually surprised me. He has six outs above average. It's weird. Oh well. Um, and he's he slumped and then he's kind of come back a little bit. Uh, I I put I didn't go with um, any of the guys that have been injured for a while. Although I it would be nice to see Buxton in the All Star game just because he's a great player. Um, and or like when he's healthy, he is a very very good player. So he would be fun to see. I wouldn't be mad to see him. I put a uh, I put Mullins, Judge, and Garcia. It's just you know, kind of an odd okay. outfield, but uh, I put Mullins, I, Judge, and Buxton. I wouldn't mind just because yeah. he's back. Buxton would be nice yeah. to see. I mean, an eleven, um, what seventy six OPS or something like that. Yeah, eleven seventy six. It's, yeah. it's a joke. Uh, National League outfield is pretty easy. It's Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker. Yeah, that hasn't changed since. Yeah. By uh, the way. One. Uh, the fact that Bryce Harper has 13 home runs and 23 RBI, pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But also, to be fair, uh, he has 43 at-bats with runners in scoring position this year and one extra base hit. Uh, That's not very good. What's his, his average? His slash line with uh, his slash line is 233, 365, 256, 621. Yeah, 233 ain't, ain't great. It's not awful, but it's yeah, not great. He has 13 home runs. All of them are solo. It's not great at all. Uh, SOPS plus of 71, which means he's almost 30 cent, 30% below what the average person does with minutes scoring position. Uh, yep. Yeah, he has 13 home runs, all of them solo home runs, which is pretty weird. Yeah, he's a selfish player, like everyone said. Um, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, no. That's that's a joke if anyone was, uh, <laughs> took that out of context. Yeah. Uh, and I still then, feel, uh, I mean, st- statistically, Bryce Harper should be an all-star, just not a starter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His uh, OPS is what, in like the upper 800s, lower 900s? No, it's the lower 900s. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good player. Really good player. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, American League designated hitter. Uh, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. 
he's just that's that's not even i don't even have a we 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 picked him uh we picked him in phase one and he's just gone on and been the hottest player in baseball since we picked him in phase one so that's an obvious choice uh yeah all right so um so we had one i think we had two disagreements on the whole thing yeah uh yeah it was you know perez versus grandal and i picked buxton and you picked garcia yep yeah in the outfield yeah so uh you know if i mean when this episode ultimately comes out i think voting will be closed unless you listen within the first like half hour of release uh so i'm not going to encourage people to vote now even though it doesn't doesn't really matter uh so i guess that uh leads into our players to highlight uh for today and now for our thursday july 1st edition baba bonilla day edition of who do you have to highlight what i I believe you have a subject at hand for the how about that what subject do you have to talk about for the how about that so i'm looking at the youth movement uh in the starting rotation for the detroit tigers today uh since may 1st which would be pretty much exactly two months uh worth of sample size casey mize Tarek scoobal and spencer turnbull have combined for a 354 ERA in 216 innings pitched. That's like more than a full season uh, where the three of them will combine for a 354, which is excellent. Uh, Casey Mize's ground ball rate has gone from 39% in 2020 to 50% in 2021. Uh, Scooble's K rate or Ks per nine since May 1st is fourth among qualifiers uh, behind Max Serger, Aaron Nola, and the one and only Robert Glenn Ray. And Turnbull is in the top 25 percentile in pretty much most categories on Savant. And uh, when you look at guys like Mize and Scoobal particularly, like, they do have some underlying issues. Like, Mize doesn't strike out a whole lot of people, and Scoobal doesn't. Scoobal walks a decent amount of people, but, like, they are still in their growing pain years, as I like to call them. So, like, if this is what the growing pain years looks like, where they're still finding ways to get outs, even if it's not in the traditional dominant way, like, a lot of great things are ahead for them because they haven't reached their prime yet. And they're still getting, they're still getting guys out and being efficient pitchers, uh, even with the underlying stats. So I'm very excited to see what they can do going forward. And Turnbull is just about hitting his prime now. So like this rotation is going to be something to watch for uh, when the team is eventually competing in the next few years. All right. Detroit uh, youth movement. Uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Casey Mize is kind of the person probably most people focus on because he was a, you know, number one overall draft pick. Uh, he's the one that definitely jumps out to mm-hmm. me. And um, I think outside of Turnbull, yeah, Scoobal and uh, Mize kind of had rough 2020s. I mean, I mean, we all did, didn't we? Didn't we, Daniel? Didn't we all? Just <laughs> we all had rough 2020s, had, right? Yeah. 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 2020 mean, was just a tough year for who, the world. Who yeah. didn't have a rough 2020? <laughs> oh no. Okay. Um. But Scoobal and Mize had rough 2020 seasons. You know, you don't expect much out of rookies like that. But quick turnarounds for for both of them, which is nice to see. Uh. So 
Now on to my how about that. Um, this guy, you know, he had glimpses of greatness in 2019. Uh, got injured, which was really tough. Uh, had a rough 2020 along with the rest of his team. I mean, a... I mean, didn't we all, Chris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. I was... I swear, I did that completely on a, on accident. Uh, <laughs> had a rough April and May of 2021, but he is finally turning it around. Uh, he's kind of one of the premier pieces of the franchise and might be a trade target. Joey Gallo uh, has really been turning it up in the last about month. Uh, in his last 21 games, he is hitting 299 with a 1221 OPS in the span. He is third in weighted runs created plus, third in OPS, and second in on-base percentage, along with ranking fourth in Fangraphs wins above replacement. And, uh, but, you know, some changes, potentially in approach, how he's seeing the ball, potentially the pitchers he's facing, obviously, as there's been, you know, uh, a shift in what pitchers are able to use, obviously, as that's been the biggest story in baseball. So before this span, uh, which started on June 4th, before the span, he had a 33% strikeout rate and an 18% walk rate. In this span, his strikeout rate is down to 24%, and his walk rate is up to 23%. Uh, so he's almost walking as many times as he's striking out, which is a very good sign, um, especially for someone who, you know, isn't isn't shy to strike out. But you know, his back, like you know, 24% strikeout rate. That's pretty much the MLB average, and he's known as a guy who strikes out. So. Uh, putting the ball in play and uh, really, really doing well and really making himself uh, a good potential trade target um, for the Rangers to give off to a competitive team potentially. So Joey Gallo. How about that? Um, Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Joey Gallo is a potential trade piece. Um, Before the season, when when we previewed the Rangers, one point that I made is that they really only have one like valuable trade asset, and that's Joey Gallo. And you know, the Rangers have, you know, I know that they aren't a good team, but they have impressed me this year with some guys that they've had come up and perform very well for them. You know, Nick Solak, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, uh, Adolis Garcia. Like they've had guys who have impressed me. And you know, if you can get, you could trade Gallo at his peak value. Like I don't think he's ever been worth more than he is now, except for, I don't know, how much is left on his contract? Would he, he wouldn't be a rental, would he? I think he's got this year and next year. Next year? Yeah. Um, um, like, imagine, I mean, I think a lot of people have been kicking the tires on, like, a potential Joey Gallo to the Yankees trade. You know, the Yankees are probably desperate right now because they're obviously, yeah. you know, hovering 500 as a, as a team that was World Series or bust. Like, you could, I could realistically picture the Yankees giving up, like, an arm and a leg to get Joey Gallo, and the Rangers could get a really nice haul for him. Uh, yeah. Joey Gallo also leads the league in walks this year with 62. That's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could really see the, the Rangers capitalizing on a Joey Gallo trade, right? Or, I mean, it, it, I don't even think they'd have to wait till July 31st. Like, this could be done. I don't see why they wait. This could be done yeah. soon. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Rangers don't really have to wait. They know they're not in a competitive situation right now, so... Um, you know, three months of Joey Gallo is worth more than two months of Joey Gallo. So, you know, kind of have to get the sweepstakes rolling on that. 
Um, although some mm-hmm. some teams just need the deadline to be forced to make a decision. So I, I kind of get that. Uh, so now we go from the highs to the lows where we're talking about players or subjects that are underperforming. So for our uh, Thursday, July 1st, 2021 edition of so who has been on your on your radar for bad reasons? Yeah. So my slightly alarming didn't necessarily have big expectations coming into this year, but uh, I think there is a lot to take away from his recent performance. And I'm talking about Jake Arrieta, uh, who has really been struggling as of late. Uh, if you look at his Savant page, the only like good percentile he has is his curveball spin. And uh, mind you, he is not a fastball pitcher uh, in this later portion of his career. So uh, it's I feel like it's possible that this, you know, the sticky stuff, the spider attack, the rosin, the all of that, that might be what was keeping him in the league to this point. Uh, in his start yesterday, he blew a seven to nothing to lead seven to nothing lead to the Milwaukee Brewers. And his spin rates were down 200 plus RPM on three of his four pitches. And dating back to the substance ban, his first start in June, uh, from that point on, he has an 8.31 ERA, and dating back to May 19th, he has a 5.35 walks per nine. Uh, so, like, I really feel like we might be seeing the very last of Jake Arrieta in the big leagues, uh, and I feel like the sicky stuff ban could take him with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's uh, there's some careers that are definitely altered and potentially ended by this uh, by this shift in. Um, in the rules but uh yeah yeah definitely by the shift in the rules obviously and yeah you know especially an older guy like arietta who wasn't doing well to begin with that can uh that can definitely change things so um all right so Onto my slightly alarming, and my slightly alarming isn't really a uh, isn't really a thing where it's like they were expected to do kind of like yours. They weren't they were expected to to do a lot, but I kind of want to acknowledge them because of the situation they're in. Just generally, I'm talking about the Cleveland starting rotation. Um, there is pretty much that they're all injured. They're they're pretty beat up. So Shane Bieber. Zach Plesac and Aaron Savale, uh, their three best starters are all on the IL currently. And since Shane Bieber went onto the injured list, the Indians starting rotation has a 5.91 ERA, which ranks 27th in Major League Baseball in this span. Um, it's been uh, not good for the rotation. And, you know, when, when we've talked about the Indians the past couple of years, you know, with them, letting go of, you know, uh, Bauer, Kluber, Carrasco, uh, all in the past few years, and they always, Clevenger, Clevenger, all in the past few years, and they've always seemed to find a way to fill that spot. But when your three best pitchers are on the injured list, um, it's very hard to fill that void. And, you know, the Indians have been, uh, unfortunately paying for the paying for that as, uh, you know, you you can't fill every every single spot, you know. Uh, it's been pretty bad. Tristan McKenzie hasn't been quite you know what he was in 2020. Um, yeah, it 
it's uh, not been good for them. Although they're still keeping themselves relevant in the standings. Uh, so, you know, once they get pe people back, I think Shane Bieber's on a good timeline. Um, I don't think anyone else has relatively serious injuries uh, in that rotation. It's just, uh, you know, they've had bad luck with injuries lately. And, um, you know, it's, it's taken a toll on their pitching staff. So just had to acknowledge that Cleveland rotation, uh, you know, their depleted rotation. Um, all right. So on to uh, one more. Are what do you do? You have another slightly alarming. What? Oh, oh yeah. All right. We got so the Carlos on, Santana of the month award. Yeah. On to the monthly so award for the. Yes. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, in 2020, Carlos Santana had a. Anomaly of a of a 199, 349, 350 slash line, uh, which was it was absolutely beautiful. It was one of my favorite things in the world. So uh, every month I will be giving out a Carlos Santana of the Month award given out to someone who with a low batting average and a high uh, OBP, just a high walk rate. Uh, in April it was given to Ian Happ, and in May it was of course given to uh, my All Star starting catcher for the American League, Yasmani Grandal. And in June, the winner is Abraham Almonte from the Atlanta Braves. Nice. During the month of June, he slashed 216, 379, 365 for a 744 OPS. Uh, he had a 21.1% walk percentage, which was the third best in Major League Baseball in the month of June. Abraham Almonte, congratulations. You are the third recipient of the Carlos Santana of the Month Award. Congratulations to Abraham Almonte. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a, a sound clip for that. It would be hard, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll edit in an applause there. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Um, Some incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know... you when you think of your baseball accomplishments in your life, you're thinking, you know, Cy Young's for pitchers, MVPs, Hall of Fame, and then, of course, the ultimate prize, the Carlos Santana of the Month Award, given out every month now Yeah. Uh, on, a, on Above Replacement Radio. I love um, so congratulations to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a 216 <laughs> average with a 379 OBP is going to do it. Um. I, I think I missed it. What what team does he play for again? I, I'm not that familiar with him. Yeah, and he plays for the Braves. Braves, right. Right, yeah. right, right. Yep. Um, for some reason, I thought he might have been with the Cubs, but I think that's maybe another. I think Abraham. he was at one point. I remember in like 20, like 17 or 18, he had a 500-foot home run for the A's, and that was like the only thing I could tell you about him until this month. Yeah. Yeah, he just seems like one of those guys. He'll just pop up sometimes. Um, all right, so congratulations to Abraham Almonte. And now we get on to the preview of the weekend ahead. Um, I'll get into series. Daniel will get into day-by-day -day matchups. Unfortunately, okay, Wi-Fi Wi-Fi is a little iffy over here, but I think I'm able to see just about everything. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but, uh, you know, to, you know, we always watch their series, but Red Sox A's, I mean, that's going to be a good matchup. Red Sox are going to the Coliseum. Um, the last time they played against each other was this year. It was at Fenway. The A's took two out of three. The Red Sox won the um, run differential war, though. So, you know, potentially that could be it. the flip. Could, the script could be flipped there, potentially. So Red Sox A's, that's going to be good. Maybe, I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic, but potentially maybe like an AL wild card matchup or some type of playoff matchup uh, in the future that could be brewing ahead. I feel like it's been weird that they've missed each other in the playoffs after, uh, you know, going to the playoffs. But I guess the A's didn't start going until 2018. So never mind on that. Uh, so Red Sox A's, um, I don't know. I mean, there's some good uh, record matchups that I'm not going to go too deep in on. Indians Astros, I feel like the Astros offense should do well there with that depleted rotation right now. And, you know, you got the Subway Series, Yankees-Mets. Looks like I think that's going to be a three-gamer. I don't know. It might be one of those weird uh, weird series where they ended after two. But I think that's a three-gamer. Let's look at Sunday. But, yeah, Um, what day-by-day matchups do you have to look at? There's a lot of uh, you got all today for the Red Sox. You have uh, Jose Barrios, potential trade target going for the Twins, up against Carlos Rodon. That's a good matchup. Uh, one of my, I wouldn't say this is the matchup of the day, but one of the interesting matchups happening at 1 o'clock uh, Yusei Kikuchi versus Hunjin Ryu. Uh, two left handed pitchers, uh, both of Asian descent, uh, will be going against each other. Ryu from South Korea, Kikuchi from Japan. And obviously, I've talked briefly about Kikuchi on this show and how he's been uh, pitching very excellent rate lately. Uh, one of your how about that? Sean Manaya will be going for the A's against the Rangers. Uh, Tony Gonsolin will be going against the Nationals today. Uh, Pablo Lopez will be going for the Marlins against the Phillies. Uh, Corbin Burns will be going for the Brewers against the Pirates. Ryan Weathers and, uh, and Luis Castillo will be matching up against each other. That's an interesting one. Framber Valdez will be going for the Astros. Uh, and the best matchup of the day, uh, Jacob DeGrom going tonight in Atlanta versus Ian Anderson. Uh, that's that's one that you're going to want to watch for sure. Yep. And then on Friday, uh, you have Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies. You have Julio Urias versus Max Scherzer. Uh, you have Taiwan Walker going for the Mets. You have, I believe that, I believe uh, that's also going to be uh, Garrett Cole. I think Taiwan Walker versus Garrett Cole would probably be the matchup of the day, uh, assuming that Cole is starting on Friday. The Yankees haven't announced their starter, but it would, would Cole would be next in line. Um, you have Lance McCullers Jr. going. You have Lance Lynn versus Casey Myers. That is also a good matchup um, that you should be excited for. And then on Saturday, you have Marcus Stroman going for the Mets. You have Yu uh, Darvish versus uh, one of my players to watch, Matt Moore who uh, has proven me right so far this year, safe to say. Um, you have Tyler Male going for the Reds against the Cubs. You have Keiko versus Scooble. You have Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins. Um, and you also have Clayton Kershaw. 
Uh, as for matchup of the day, I would say probably just based on everything that's announced right now, I'd say probably Keiko versus Schoolboy, which I already mentioned. And then on Sunday, uh, Trevor Bauer is scheduled to pitch. I'm assuming that's going to change. Uh, you have Freddie Peralta going for the Brewers. That's going to be exciting. Uh, you have Kyle Hendricks versus Wade Miley, which is a pretty good matchup. You have Zach Greinke going for the Astros against the Indians. You have Lucas Giolito going. You have Trevor Rogers going on Sunday against the Braves. Uh, you have Herman Marquez going at home. He almost threw a no-hitter recently, and he's had a very strong month of June. Uh, he'll be going against the Cardinals. And I'd say the matchup of the day, honestly, uh, Anthony Descalfani versus Caleb Smith. Very weird that I'm including a Diamondback, but Caleb Smith, uh, of course, is 2-4 and four with a 3.08 ERA. Fitting. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's based on everything that's announced, obviously. So stuff could change, but, uh, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I, I would extend on that, but uh, I'm on a bit of a time crunch. You know, people want to go on this boat, so... Yep. Hate to, okay. Hate to gloss over things, but uh, just want to say to the audience, if you uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, uh, this podcast may or may not be on YouTube right now because it takes a while to upload with this weird uh, main Wi-Fi, uh, this rental house Wi-Fi that you know I don't know the age of the people who own this house, so. Uh, it may or may not be on YouTube, so maybe watch the conversation as it happens. Also, uh, follow us on social media. You can definitely do that. Follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Gianta, and follow uh, Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Current, and follow the show Instagram, at Above Replacement Radio, for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on Monday, where we are talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.